0: Armed with only $3,000, Mark Podolski, aka The Land Geek, bought his first few parcels of raw land in 2001. Today, Mark is the author of Dirt Rich, The Ultimate Guide to Helping You Build a Passive Income, and owner of successful investing company Frontier Properties. Prior to his land investment success, Mark felt trapped in a high-stress corporate job. Escaping the rat race changed Mark's life in so many ways that he decided to teach, coach, and mentor others to help them achieve their financial success.
1: In this episode, we talk to Mark about how he first got into raw land investing, the dead simple way he seeks out raw land to buy, the extraordinary systems he sets up to automate 95% of his business, and the ways he designs his week to maximize productivity and happiness. I'm Brittany. And I'm Neil. And this is The Road to Family Freedom. Before we get to this week's show, we'd like to make you aware of something. We are self-storage investors. We buy existing self-storage facilities and vacant buildings that can be converted to self-storage in the Sun Belt. We buy them with cash and some with loans, and we use private lenders who become equity partners in our deals. These equity partners share in the cash flow and the profits when we sell. When we find a deal that we are considering, we call the equity partners and offer them a share of the ownership secured by the property. So if you've ever driven by a self-storage facility and thought, I wonder who owns those things. And you have any interest in learning more about the storage business, we'd love to chat with you. Head on over to com slash storage. That's RoadToFamilyFreedom.com slash S-T-O-R-A-G-E and set up a time to chat. We look forward to speaking with you.
0: All right, enough out of us. Let's hit the road to family freedom.
1: Well, Mark Podolsky, welcome to the Road to Family Freedom. Henderson family. Yay. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Uh, I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller to your podcast, and it's a, it's great to finally be able to actually speak to you and be able to talk back to you a little bit.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm thrilled to be here.
1: Yeah. It's a pleasure to finally make your acquaintance. So I'm a working dad, and uh, I come home one day from my soul-crushing commute, and I say to my wife, honey, I want to quit my job and I want to start investing in raw land. First question is: In your experience, how is that conversation going to go? And it doesn't then, go well. <laughs> my so,
2: especially if she's pregnant at the time. <laughs> so it 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 really doesn't go well, and yet there's some wisdom there. It it shouldn't go well necessarily, right? And I understood that, so I said, "Look, I get it," and I said. You know, I'll continue working my miserable, soulless, 45-minute commute to work and back job until this thing is on a a firmer foundation and I have 100% confidence that I can support our growing
0: family. It's good to have insurance when you have a baby. (laughs) Assuming you have insurance through your work.
1: Yeah. And the second question would be, how can I help my wife understand the idea of raw land investing and why, why we should do it.
2: I would say to the significant other, the spouse, look, well, how does total freedom sound? Because right now I'm working this job and I'm solving our money problems, but I'm certainly not solving our time problems. And I would make the argument, if I can solve our time problems, then that gives us time to deepen our relationship and really explore our, our higher purpose in life. And because solving the money problems isn't that tough. We don't need that much money. But to solve both is really where the good stuff is and that total freedom. So if you would give me some, some runway to let me do this with the promise being that in 12 to 36 months, I'm going to have more passive income coming in every single month than our fixed expenses. And I'm going to be able to work when I want, where I want, and with whom I want and Monday is the same day as Saturday are you in and how would how would
1: that go over with you?
0: Well I don't know I mean we've had versions of that conversation <laughs> before once you have the the plan and you actually show that you can make it work I think the hard part would be just like quitting your job straight up yeah. and and moving through unless you have a significant cushion of saved up money.
1: Can you tell us a little bit about that first, raw land investment that you made. I mean, I've heard the story numerous times, but for our listeners who are just new to you and they're new to raw land, I think it's a good example of first deal and also sort of how the process works.
0: Was this the sure. only real estate that you'd done? Had you done any kind oh, of investing I,
2: before? No, I'd, I'd never done any real estate investing prior to this raw land purchase. The only thing I did was I bought a house. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think that really counts. That's more <laughs> a liability than an asset. Yeah. So I uh, I was working in investment banking and my firm hires this guy and he's telling me that as a side hustle, he's buying up raw land, pennies on the dollar at tax deed auctions. And he's flipping them online. He's making a 300% return on his investment. So of course I don't believe him. So I go with him to New Mexico and i got three grand saved up for car repairs. And I just did exactly what he told me to do. I bought Ten half-acre parcels, an average price of three hundred dollars each, and I put them up online, and they all sold for an average price of twelve hundred dollars each. So that was really my first deal. It really wasn't much risk. I thought, and and even when I said to my wife, "Hey, I want to quit my job and do this," we did some math, actually, because with my investment banking background, I want to know well how big is this market and. What's the worst thing that can happen? The worst thing that can happen is we own raw land. So even if I couldn't sell it, well, I'm like, well, I can get another job, number one. But number two, it's not like I'm filling up the house with a bunch of inventory from a failed FBA Amazon, you know, thing, or, you know, junking up the garage with a bunch of stuff that I can't sell. It's a piece of paper. Like maybe I could get free dentistry for a couple of years or free haircuts for 10 years or, or whatever. It's like I could barter it. I won't get stuck with it. And there's nothing to maintain, nothing to protect. It's not like, you know, if you ever try to flip a house, like you gotta keep going back to the house, you gotta meet the subcontractors. It's it's a thing. So that was the other piece that I I worked with as well.
1: So well, the problem with with raw land, Mark, though, is that it doesn't cash flow, right? Well, no. So I'm <laughs> I make a cash flow.
2: So let's make it cash flow So Neil, Brittany, where do you guys live? Las Vegas. Oh, wow. Okay, nice. So we're going to pretend that you own, let's say, 10 acres of raw land in Arizona, where I live, right? And I'm going to pretend that you guys owe $150 in back taxes. So I get the the tax lists of who owes back taxes. Oh, there's Neil and Brittany. They owe $150. So you're advertising two important things. I mean, number one, you have no emotional attachment to that raw land. You're in Vegas, the property's in Arizona. And number two, you're distressed financially in some weird way because we don't pay for things. We don't value them in the same way. You even paid your property taxes. So all I'm going to do is send you an actual offer on the property. So I'm going to take the lowest comparable sale on that 10-acre parcel in Arizona. Let's say it's $10,000. I'm going to divide by four. That's going to get me what Warren Buffett would call a 300% margin of safety. So I don't want to be like the housing guys saying, I'm interested in buying your house. I'm going to actually send you an offer. And so you accept it because for you, $2,500 is better than nothing. Because this whole time, the the county treasurer has been sending you notices saying, Team Henderson, if you don't pay your property taxes. You're going to lose this property to a tax deed or a tax lien investor. So you accept it. Now, in reality, 3 to 5% of people accept my quote-unquote top dollar offer. But you do. Once you accept it, I've got to go through due diligence or this in-depth research. So i got to confirm you still own the property. Confirm that your back taxes are only $100. I have to confirm that there's been no breaks in the chain of title. There's no liens or encumbrances. There's legal access or ingress, egress. What's compelling about the property? So I have this whole property checklist that my team does in the Philippines for me because they're connected to American Title Company, they fill it all out. I'm getting, and at the same time, I'm getting the GIS maps, the plat maps, the aerial maps, everything that a buyer's gonna want on the other side of this, after I buy it, they're gonna want this information. So it's actually creating my marketing package as well. And then once that's done and I own the property, I have a built-in best buyer. So I'm gonna sell it three days or less and make a cash flow so, Neil, I know who you know who it is. Who's my buyer? Next door neighbor. The next door neighbors, the neighbors. So, I send out those neighbor letters saying, hey, here's your opportunity. Expand your views, protect your privacy, know your neighbor. So, oftentimes, the neighbors will buy it. Now, if they pass, I'll go to my buyer's list. If the buyer's list passes, I'll go to a little website, probably never heard of. It's called Craigslist, 10th <laughs> most trafficked website in the United States. I'll go to a smaller one called Facebook, so Marketplace buy sell groups, and then I'll go to Zillow and I'll go to the lands. Let's say Landmoto.com, landandfarm.com, landsofamerica.com, landcentury.com, landflip.com, landhub.com, all these platforms where people buy and sell raw land. But the way that I'm going to sell it is where it's going to become irresistible. So I'm going to ask for a $2,500 down payment. Now, I might even go six to 10 months out to get my capital back. But ideally, I want to get my money out on the down. And then I just make it a car payment. Let's say $4.49 a month, 9% interest for the next 84 months. So I get my money out as fast as I can. And then I get this monthly cash flow of 449 a month, 9% interest, next 84 months, no renters, no rehabs, no renovations, no rodents. Because I'm not dealing with a tenant, I'm exempt from Dodd-Frank, RESPA, and the SAFE Act, all this onerous real estate legislation. So the game we play is can we create enough of these land notes where our passive income each month exceeds our fixed expenses and now we're free and now our spouses are super happy because (laughs) we've eliminated that big bucket of, of stress in our lives that we call money.
0: I mean, you said there enough product. Where are you finding these? I mean, you said Arizona and I think you said your first one was in Mexico. Is that right?
2: Right. So there's 3,007 U S counties and Brittany, let's just be honest. Nobody wakes up and thinks themselves. Boy, like some raw land in Iowa today, unless you live in Iowa, right? So, we're focusing on Nevada, Arizona, Texas, California, Washington, Oregon, New Mexico, and Florida. I'll do some stuff in the Midwest as well, but really, we're looking at the Sunshine States and a little bit the Northwest. So these are these fast-growing states. There is a plethora of raw land that's inexpensive that we can buy. You, me, a million people could be in this niche. We'll all run out of money before we run out of deal flow. And don't forget, there's no big money playing in this field. So there's no private equity groups. There's no hedge funds. And it's not sexy. It's not like you're going to go on HGTV or the DIY network and see flip this land <laughs> or pictures of raw land. The after pictures of raw land. It couldn't get more
1: boring. Yeah, yeah. You're located in Arizona. Um, I'm in Arizona, right? I'm in Phoenix. And you're you're doing this in all those states. So you're doing this long distance.
2: Now let's define you, um, because Mark's not doing it. Okay. So I'm I'm the CEO, okay. right? So I've I've created these systems, and I want the the three lo- points of leverage, as any good business owner would want. So I want to use other people's time. I want to use software. And other people's money. And that's going to allow me to grow way faster than if I, like what I used to do was I did it all. And from my first job to starting my own business, I thought, oh, I'm now an entrepreneur. I wasn't. I just created another job for myself because I was still doing all the work. Mm-hmm. So you're not an entrepreneur until you can travel around the world and the business doesn't need you. Now, I like to think that it needs me because I have a fragile ego, but in reality it doesn't. So I really want to be able to die and know that that machine is going to keep going. And so really I'm more the systems guy and where can we get better every every day as opposed to doing the county research now or getting the list, pricing the list and doing those things. So now with our LG Pass software, we just get a list, we upload it into LG Pass. It automates sending out the offers at 65 cents a mailing. And then we have our... Our virtual assistants go into the software and take us through the process, due diligence all the way to closing. And then on the back end, we use geekpay.io to automate the set and forget it payment system. So we get a down payment via credit card. The monthly payments via ACH are checking. It automates the notifications. It does the amortization. It gives us good accounting. And it just makes life so much easier. I just spend my Sundays in an Excel spreadsheet, you know, inputting all the notes. I'm like, this is not a way to live. So this is way better.
1: We often talk about people beginning when they're starting off with real estate investing to begin with the end in mind. What do you want your life to look like? Because there's a lot of people who get sort of drawn in by the shiny object of, you know, passive income or, or lots of money with every transaction and don't think about the amount of work that's going to go into that transaction. House slipper the life of a house slipper is very different from the life of a raw land investor, if they're doing it right. There's not really a question in there. It's just sort of an agreement with your, that it comes down to systems. You know, if you are, I struggle, still struggle with this. Uh, And I read a book recently called Who Not How?, I I just, I'm, I'm listening to that book right now and it's it's good and remind me who the, uh, the author is. I can't think of it.
2: So it's, it's something Hardy. He's written a couple books. Hold on. I'll tell you it's Dan Sullivan, but he doesn't really, he didn't write it.
1: Yeah. Somebody else. Um, I'll
2: tell you right now because I'm actually listening to it. Who,
1: not how it's Benjamin Hardy. yep Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Yes. And Dan Sullivan. And the whole idea is just that When we procrastinate and we're sitting there looking at something on our to-do list that we've been looking at for months, a lot of times that means that it's not that you don't know how to do it. It's probably, you're not the, probably the the person who should be doing it and that it might be quicker to just find somebody to either do it for you or help you systematize it and, and work through it and make it better.
2: Yeah, I agree. And, and it's never been a better time to be an entrepreneur because we can access inexpensive global talent. So I can go on fiverr.com and it doesn't even matter what, what it is now in life. For for five bucks, I can get that off my plate and go on to do things that are you know way more impactful. And instead of doing $5 an hour work or $10 an hour work or $20 an hour work, I can do $10,000 an hour work, which is what I should be doing.
0: I and mean, we've had a couple people that... We've interviewed that are really big on using VAs. Neil Bawa is the biggest one that I can think of. Are you mostly using them just for your company here? Do you use them in other places in your life?
2: I use them everywhere. So basically I have a, a chief problem solver on my team. And so Rossi basically solves all my problems, whether they're professionally or personally. So she quarterbacks finding the right who. So I've even outsourced that piece of it as well. Now, before I had a Rossi, I would actually do that myself. But my thinking was always, you know, again, being super, super cognizant every single moment that life is very precious and that my only finite resource is my time. And so knowing that I would think to myself, is this the best use of my time? I've got three kids. So is it better for me to spend 30 minutes doing research on getting the best travel deal or should I just have a a very precious moment with my child and be 100% present? So I can just get that off my plate, somebody online, do that research, email it to me, and then I wake up in the morning and it's done. And it was a great use of, of time. So I do it with everything. In fact, I won't even look for parking now. Like I'll just valet park.
1: <laughs> So you I mean you have now I mean with the landgeek.com and and your flight school and all that you have you've created an entire ecosystem around land investing. A lot of that you created the tools that didn't exist when you started. You mentioned LG pass and also a payment yeah geekpay.io Geekpay, right. Yeah. Is there any other software that you use to sort of keep your you know keep things up and running? We love Airtable love Airtable. We love Follow-Up Boss.
2: I think every day we do something in Zapier for automation. So we get really geeky. But okay. And then, you know, I'm, I'm constantly looking at, like, tools and things and like that. But those are the big ones, I would say.
0: Gotcha. What's Airtable?
2: Airtable is if you married a spreadsheet and a database
1: okay. and made them really smart. Yeah, I've played around with it just a little bit. I'm sort of familiar with it. Okay. Uh, mostly what I've done is kind of what I'll sometimes do is I'll because I'm cheap. I'll look at some of their, some of the designs that they've done and I'll just sort of build it myself a little bit. That's kind of what I do, but I know it's, it's a lot more complicated than that. (laughs) Right, right. So a lot of our listeners, one of our niches is self-storage. We have a lot of self-storage investors. If you had somebody who was like, all right, I don't really want to do this raw land thing, but I want to find a good way to find raw land that might be good for storage how would you recommend somebody go about doing that well first of all congratulations on the self-storage niche so most people don't realize
2: that the the asset classes with the lowest default rates are self-storage and mobile home parks did you guys know that so it's it's a great it's a great niche to be in so if i understand the question you're saying how could you combine self-storage with raw land investing
1: no, if I'm, if I'm a self-storage investor who's like, you know, I, I don't want to buy an existing facility. I want to build from the ground up. I want to find some raw land. How would I go about – where would that search begin? So I would say
2: you'd want to go to the county assessor and start looking at those commercial lots. That's a niche that I'm not currently working in, but I think that would be a, a good place to go. Yeah. I mean, we to all, do that. Yeah, I'm mean, sure.
1: It's you you get into a nightmare. I mean we, we always we stick with um, lots that are already zoned commercial because uh, you don't want to get into, you know, rezoning and entitlements and you know, I mean it'll be three right. it'll be three years before you're be able to break ground. Right. But again,
2: I'd rather just buy an existing facility.
1: Yeah, no s- same when, when you when you can. If you can get it at a seven or eight cap. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that's yeah. our we we much prefer to buy try and buy an existing facility that's got Room to grow, you know. If they're if they've got, you know, hundred percent occupied with their under roof storage, and they've got RV parking that's only fifty percent occupied. That's buy the smells lot like money. Next door. <laughs> and then buy there the light, and then buy the lot next door <laughs> from Mark. <Yeah. laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly,
2: exactly. And i owner finance you, so <laughs>
1: it's
0: real easy. Is there anything about investing in Rawland that you feel like people really overestimate the difficulty of?
2: Well. You know, it's a simple model because you don't have to get financing. Um, the spreadsheet analysis isn't isn't going to make you or break you mm-hmm. type of thing. Like you can make a mistake in raw land. It's very forgiving. But let's not use the word easy because <laughs> nothing worth doing is easy at all. So, But it's very simple. But I would say that in the beginning, the biggest thing you have to look out for is Buying in, in an area that is environmental might have something negative environmentally. So, you know, I don't buy in New Jersey or Pennsylvania or Ohio any heavy industrial areas. But you want to check EPA.gov to make sure you're not buying in a Superfund site. But the most important thing is we're making our money on the buy. Make sure you're buying at 25, 30 cents on the dollar. You know, a lot of people, when they start get, have get, I got to have land-itis. Never in their life do they have to own real land. Then they go through my program, like, I've got
1: to own raw land. Like, no,
2: you still don't have to overpay for it.
1: How does someone find out the comps on on raw land?
2: So it's all public information with the county assessor. You can also reverse engineer it. You can go to a site like landmoto.com where there's a lot of land geeks. So you can see what they're selling it at. Well, you probably know what they're buying it at then and just do a little bit of a calculation there.
1: So if someone was getting started in raw land, what is you, what do you think is the key piece of knowledge that they would have to educate themselves on in order to have the minimum level of success?
2: I think they should take a course, honestly. So, or cobble together on YouTube. Like there's tons of free information out there, but I would definitely get educated before I would invest money anywhere. If I were going to do in self-storage, I want to take a self-storage course from the most successful self-storage guy in the industry. And I don't want to reinvent the wheel. So I would think that would be the best investment of my time and energy in the beginning. So in fact, I, I have a free course I could start your listeners with okay. if they wanted. Yeah. Um, it's the landgeek.com forward slash quick deals. And it's, it's teaching a wholetailing method how to buy wholesale and sell retail to double your money 30 days or less, just to see if this model even
1: resonates with you. Yeah. And yeah. then if you if it does, you can go deeper. And so sorry, the, the it was landgeek.com slash quick deals. For yep. Okay. Awesome. For slash quick deals. We'll make right. sure we
0: put that in the show notes. Sounds like something to read. In our podcast, we talk about knowledge. We also talk about time. So you outsource a lot of your time now that you've done that. How much time do you usually spend on your investments?
2: So I spend an hour a week in Frontier Properties, my land investing company. So I I theme my days. So Mondays and Fridays are my thinking days and my what I call my terminal days. So I pretend like this is my last day on earth. How do I want to spend that day? I don't know when I'm going to die. So I take Mondays and Fridays to think about those things and just think and whatever comes up. So I work out, I meditate, I spend time with the family. Um, Very simple things. I don't do anything too extravagant. Um, Tuesdays are my podcast days, Wednesdays are my team meeting days, Thursdays are my client days. And so that's really how I, I theme my week gotcha. and where I spend, how I spend my time.
1: Let's
2: so the, mo- the majority of my time is really just thinking about Kaizen or
1: this Japanese term of continuous improvement. I love, love the Kaizen method. I'm, I'm a big believer. <laughs> Pick up a book on it. Okay, last question. Is this the is this the kind of strategy? And this is sort of a—I know the answer to this question. Is this a strategy that someone could do from anywhere in the world? I mean, do you have to? Do you have to walk? Do you have to walk the land at all ever? Right. So I haven't looked at a property
2: in maybe a decade. I can't tell you the last time I personally went to look at a piece of property. So you can—all you need is an inexpensive laptop and an internet connection. You can work this business from anywhere in the world, I'll pay somebody 50 bucks for a local Craigslist gig to go out with my property report, take video, shoot, you know, take pictures, tell me what the neighbors are doing on the property. I'll have them download an app called what 3 words so I can confirm they're on the right property. And we can look at their GPS coordinates. So again, it's not a good use of my time to go stomp on the property. It could be a lot of fun, but it's,
1: you know, not a good use of time. Fellow geek here. I'm. I'm. You're the first person who I've ever heard mention what three words. Uh, I keep trying to tell people how cool this is, and they all look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, (laughs) Neil. You you and I need to hang out more.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I had never heard of it, and actually, Neil tortured me when it was Valentine's Day or an anniversary or something. He framed a thing that had like the words for the about the GPS point for where we met. But he like put it as kind of like a, a riddle to like look at it. And I was very confused <laughs> and I didn't understand and I didn't Google what three words and I was trying to figure out what the hell he meant. I also had like a, I have had a seizure disorder for like 10 years that went undiagnosed. So like a lot of things I don't remember a huge amount. So I was like, what am I forgetting? <laughs> and he's like, oh just Google gosh. what three words. And I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. Though I
2: can't. <laughs> Totally yeah, spoiled that's it. the most romantic thing I've ever heard. I like Neil, <laughs> I'm swooning.
0: <laughs> it would have been perfect if I hadn't tried to like yeah. overthink it yeah. so much. Yeah.
1: Okay, so now that we've now that we've tortured people with what three words, can you briefly describe for people what for what so so what three words takes at any point on the map and instead of giving
2: these these sort of arcane GPS coordinates um, or some crazy legal description, it just simplifies it into three words. So it might be neil.henderson.swoon. And then I could just send those to somebody and they can just click on it
1: and see the where they are on the map. You Anywhere know, in the world. Yeah. I mean, the, the key problem was that, you know, most people in the world actually don't have a physical address. Even a lot of people here in America and raw land right. doesn't have an address. Yeah. How do you get right. somebody to go to that spot and not have to give them some big, you know. The north quarter, the southeast quarter of the. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, listen, Mark Podolski. thank you so much for sharing with us today. You've got the book, Dirt Rich. We'll put that in the show notes. We'll also put uh, landgeek.com slash quick deals. But if any of our listeners want to reach out to you and find out more about you, what would be the best way for them to do that? I think just go to landgeek.com
2: and and start there. well Team to- Henderson, this was a great way to yeah. To spend a, uh, a Sunday morning. <laughs> oh, so you flatter
1: us. You, <laughs> you flatter us. <laughs> There's no other, way you, no other way you'd rather be spending your Sunday morning. Uh, sure. Thanks, Mark. Okay. That was Mark Podolski from thelandgeek.com. Be sure to go check him out. Mark's my people.
0: He was a good guy. It was really fun to talk to him. Yeah.
1: So do you have a key lesson learned from this interview?
0: I think there was a lot of like themes that we've talked about before, systems, things like that. One of the things I really like that he said, though, that... It doesn't directly apply to real estate investing, but I think is a a great way to think about life, especially if you free up some of your time is the way that he structures his week, two days of the week where he's spending that time doing things that are really investing in himself, thinking about how he wants to live, being with his family, he said working out, meditation. A lot of us don't really put thought into... Those things, those things happen and he's, you know, scheduled them into his week, which I think is awesome. And
1: really what he's talking about is just living intentionally. So many of us just sort of wake up each day and, you know, maybe we reach for the phone and we, you know, get lost in TikTok for three hours. I'm not looking, I'm not looking at anybody, you know, in particular (laughs) or myself, I, I try to schedule out the kinds of things that I want to do. I've got a, a an app I use called habit list, mm-hmm. which has like everything that I want to do today. And it's sort of like, a, it's my morning routine and uh, you know, a, and taking that down to even each day where you have a, each day is a specific day where, okay, this is a podcast day. This is a self storage day. This is a family day. This is a me day, whatever. And just being really intentional about what you're, how you're spending your time. So many people, we just get up and we react. Uh, and I think I, I like I like what Mark's talking about there. So
0: As you get more time, it, you get like a lot more that you can get out of that, but it can help you get more time as well. But one of my, fr- you know, my first reaction is like, I don't have time to do some of those things. Like, but you don't have to have a full day. You can set aside just that one little bit of time to, to make that a priority for a certain day and it doesn't have to be the whole thing. Yes. But as far as other lessons, also systems, look at those, Mm -hmm. VAs, Mm -hmm. they're great. If you want a little bit more in-depth, sort of dive into that, check out the Neil Bawa episode because he really goes more into like how he finds them. But a lot of the really successful people that we talk to that have this kind of lifestyle that allows them to do what they want and also teach and, and get to do these other things that sort of pour into other people and then also give back, they use VAs to make that happen. They they really outsource yeah. the rest.
1: Uh, leverage, leverage your time, your software, and use money. When you can. When uh, you can.
0: He had someone that he met when he was in investment banking, he met someone that said that they were doing this and then he had some money saved up. Yeah. That he decided to go do what they said to do and he did it and he made money and that So
1: he sort of learned by doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like and also I'm sure he went through the gamut of, you know, YouTube and other things. Oh yeah. If they were around, I think he's been doing this for quite a while. So Yeah. 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 So I'm sure he used other sources, but it sounds like he kinda of learned by doing with uh, kind of a mentor, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. And he yeah. talked about, now, Mark, full disclosure, Mark's a coach. So um, his answer when we asked him, you know, how would you go about getting yourself educated? Was he hire, you know,
0: Higher take coach. a class. Yeah.
1: Money. How much money did it take him to get started? Do you recall?
0: I think it was $3,000. Correct. That he used to buy that first parcel of land, which is awesome. And mm-hmm. time.
1: Uh, he said he spends about one hour a week on uh, his frontier properties, the real estate endeavors. All the other stuff is coaching and family mm-hmm. and other stuff.
0: And Last one. And could he do this strategy? Could you do this strategy from anywhere in the world?
1: Yes. Uh, he said you just need a laptop and an internet connection.
0: So. Yeah. yeah, as far as strategies go, it's a pretty um,
1: yes. flexible one. Yep. Once again, that was Mark Podolsky from the Landgeek.com. Be sure to go and check him out. And uh, we're doing this all again next week.
0: Let's hit the road.
1: Bye. Hey, before you go, if you like the show, we would be delighted if you'd head over to Podchaser and leave us an honest review. And do let us know why you like the show, how long you've been listening, and in particular, what you find really useful or entertaining and let us know if there's anything you think we should change. Also, if you have specific questions about real estate investing, especially self-storage or short-term rentals, shoot us an email at info at com, and we'll be happy to answer your question on the show. We might even turn it into an entire episode. Thanks for listening. We're doing this all again next week. Until then, safe travels on your road to financial freedom.